comes from the Maine Community Foundation, partnering with donors and nonprofits statewide to strengthen Maine communities through grants and scholarships on the web at maincf.org. It's just a few seconds before 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor and streaming online everywhere at WERU.org. Talk of the Towns with your host Ron Beard is up next. Good morning and welcome to Talk of the Towns here on WERU. We try to go beyond the headlines to make sense of the issues facing Maine communities, to share what works, to seek alternative solutions. Talk of the Towns is produced with support from Cooperative Extension, the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine with offices statewide. Cooperative Extension puts knowledge to work with the people of Maine and like WERU, whose mission is to be a voice of many voices, operates out of a sense that everyone benefits when we share our knowledge, our experience, our concerns, our perspectives. We're about to practice the magic of community radio in which those of us in the studio and you who are listening create a dialogue that we hope will be a benefit to our friends, our neighbors, and colleagues. I hope you'll stay with us for the next hour and talk of the towns. Well, stormwater runoff, which we might be experiencing today, is an increasing problem for Maine towns and cities. More frequent storms and greater volumes mean that culverts can't handle the load, washing out roads, increasing costs to businesses, homeowners, and taxpayers, disrupting the economy. And today, we're going to hear about a sustainability solutions project that links the University of Maine with, um, in this case, the city of Ellsworth to develop new solutions to the problem of stormwater flooding, allowing the city to better identify the weakest links and engineer systems that prevent flooding and disruption. And our guests in the studio can help us with that. First, I'm glad to welcome back um, Esperanza Stancioff, um, Esperanza's extension professor, um, doing climate um, education. Welcome. Thank you, Ron. I'm happy to be here. Great. And you took a sabbatical to kind of kind of gear yourself up for a, a kind of a changing position in a changing world. Yes, uh, mostly I was doing environmental monitoring before along the coast, and and now I'm working in uh, communities, uh, coastal communities, on climate change adaptation. Great. We're also happy to have um, two folks from the city of Ellsworth. Michelle Beal is the city manager, and Michelle Gagnon is the city planner. Welcome to you, Michelle Beal. Thank you very much. And uh, speak right into that microphone. You get really cozy with it. Um, and, and congratulations, 250 years Ellsworth is celebrating. Yes, and we're having a wonderful uh, celebration in July, the, um, the week of the 19th. So I hope everyone will come. There's an there's a, uh, activity every single day for that week. Well, we'll come back to you in a few minutes to learn more about um, your sure. role with the city of, of Ellsworth. And also, uh, Michelle Gagnon, uh, welcome to you. Cozy up to Thank that you, microphone. <laughs> and uh, Michelle, you're a city planner. Um, what does that entail? Um, well, we, we, one of the things we do is we write the ordinances. We write language uh, in the ordinances. In this case, we've been working on stormwater uh, a lot in the last three, four years. Great. And um, we're glad to have Shalil Jane. Um, uh, Shalil rather, is a associate professor of civil engineering and environmental engineering. He's also a cooperating associate professor in the Climate Change Institute, and he also knows a lot about sustainability science. Welcome to you. 
Thank you, Ron. I'm glad you could all be here. Let's start um, by uh, getting kind of a, a picture um, of what's happening in terms of stormwater. Um, we're certainly seeing increased um, numbers of storms and intensity of rainstorms. Um, what's the scope of this problem? Um, who's who's going to take that? Um, I can start. Um, I, I think some of the, the things that we need to be considering here are, you know, what are the vulnerabilities and exposures that towns have um, due to increased uh, storminess? And, um, it you know, several things that this depends on. It depends on char the characteristic of the storms. It depends on the type of infrastructure or their aging infrastructures. Um, and it depends on the assets in a given community. You know, what do people have that they could put towards this? And what, are, what is their planning process? Um, examples, of course, that, that have been mentioned would be culverts that are aging. They're certainly more vulnerable, as, as one example. Uh, this becomes a question of how resilient a community can be. Um, it involves a combination of governance, science, and economics. And in order to adapt, it takes an evolving, ongoing effort uh, requiring a two-way learning process in our case in this project um, uh, as we engage with Ellsworth and it's an iterative process of us working together putting our heads together to determine the best way forward things that we thought you know and maybe uh, assuming and going into it might not be what Ellsworth really needs and so we're working together to uh, you know determine what are the needs in Ellsworth, and how can we work together most efficiently? Well, let's let's back up though. Um, I just want <laughs> um, someone to observe what's going on in our world and mm -hmm. why, wh not why necessarily, but um, are we getting more intense storms? What's what's the experience in Ellsworth? Are you seeing the effects of, of heavier rainstorms, Michelle Gagnon? Um, well. In terms of scientifically, I think Shalene can answer the question, but I um, definitely, I think that um, the code enforcement officer, most of all, kept telling me, oh, we're having more rain, we're having more rain. And it's like, oh, really, really? Finally, I think it was clear from a study in the University of New Hampshire that um, the coastal belt, uh, the state of Maine, is definitely having the larger rain events are occurring more frequently than they were. So uh, we're definitely what we thought was a 25-year rain event is definitely happening happening more frequently than it was. So we have to think in terms of our ordinances, how we use that data to make sure we're designing appropriately. Shalene, mm -hmm. what's, what's the science that you observe around yeah, this? I think, uh, just to add to uh, Michelle's uh, experience and point uh, about changing uh, storm frequency and intensity, I think one thing we are also finding is uh, sort of a change in seasonality. And, and, and th this is important because a lot of uh, functioning maintenance of culvert is, uh, is sort of conditioned on the, the major high flow or storms season. And recently, at least in the last couple of uh, decades, what we are finding is a higher incidence or sort of an emergence of a summer time uh, big storm seasons. So that uh, puts um, one flag up for communities who are thinking about how and uh, when to sk uh, schedule maintenance and so on. Mm. Now, uh, in terms of the uh, science as in what we 
understand, uh, there is uh, certainly mounting evidence of uh, more frequent and higher intensity storms in, in many parts of the world, uh, in places where long, reliable uh, weather records are available, what we are finding is two out of three places confirm that the storms had intensified and are more frequent over the past 60 or so years. And uh, so that, that is the weight of evidence. Two aspects, I think, in terms of uh, what is possibly uh, uh, causing this, we know that, uh, first of all, uh, warmer temperatures uh, result in a warmer atmosphere and, in turn, increasing the moisture carrying capacity or how much the air, how much water it can hold. And so as a result, when vapor turns back into uh, into water, uh, you have a higher uh, potential of a higher intensity rain event and the energy that's available is also higher. So that's a uh, uh, that's a major uh, scientific piece here. The second is um, depending on where you are, the seasonal weather patterns really guide the storms and channel the moisture, and in a warming climate, these uh, patterns are changing. They're shifting or becoming more intense. And so what that would do is that uh, uh, a certain place may uh, be seeing lot fewer or lot higher number of storms. So that would also increase the storm. Uh, mm frequency and intensity. So, so um, as the city of Ellsworth deals with this, you're dealing with two things. You're trying to um, craft ordinances that prevent problems in the future. But um, I heard uh, Shalene talk about maintenance. You've got to maintain what you have. Ellsworth is, is, is it the largest geographic city in Maine. Is that right? You've got a lot of territory to, to worry about. 93 square miles, actually. Um, and it is. It's, it's expensive. Um, but we're finding that we're looking now at asset management, and we're finding um, that it'll be less expensive if we repair our culverts as we as we go along and, and start looking to the future when we do that. And so instead of taking out a culvert that's old and dilapidated and, and replacing it with exactly the same culvert, we're now looking at the area in which it's in, mm -hmm. you know, especially if it's out around our water supply, and we're... we're um, reconstructing accordingly. And we're doing the same thing with our roads. When we're reconstructing roads now, there used to be a 25-year storm that we always reconstructed to. We've changed that now to a 50-year storm. And in some cases, again, depending on where it is in the city, um, we're looking at it even further. Uh, 
when we have the issues of, of washouts and, and even, I mean, we, I can't remember honestly until the last time we actually had a road washout, but um, I think what's worse is, um, you know, there's the flooding, so you have to, you know, prevent um, vehicles on the road. But when that happens, our shoulders go. And, you know, you place those with gravel. Well, that gravel's gone somewhere, and it's most likely gone into one of our streams. Mm-hmm. And that causes those streams to be polluted, but it also causes those, those streams to back up. So it's just an, it's a, you know, an evolutionary problem that just doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at it completely differently now. And, and as Michelle had said, she was looking into this whole stormwater issue. Do we have more um, rain? And, are, you know, are we having more washouts? And... Um, you know, everyone could say, well, it seems like we're doing an awful lot of repairs, you know, you know, compared to what we used to do. But it, you know, it really is shown scientifically that that we are having those. So are you seeing budget increases for those kinds of costs? I mean, can you track that? Not necessarily actual, um, you know, um, repairs, but has your budget increased for those kinds of things? It has, actually. Um, and, and really out of necessity, because you look at the previous year and you see, you know, what we it's a, it's a line item called summer road maintenance, and you see that you're consistently overdrawing that account because you're consistently going in and repairing roads. Mm. So, yeah, it, it does. It, it absolutely costs. So know, that's one budgeting. aspect, and I'm going to come back to, to what's this overall project about in just a minute, but we'll kind of get Ellsworth's experience. Uh, Michelle Gagnon, so you're dealing more with um, how to prevent things by crafting good ordinances in the future? Is that what you're working on? Correct. So Shalene and Esperanza are really kind of, the way I see it, are focusing, one of the things they're focusing on is uh, what's happening in the public right away. One of the things that I focus on is what's happening also on private property. So when we have a development comes, they have to manage stormwater. They have so this is a subdivision or a commercial development. Correct, correct. They have to take into account those kinds of storm events. Correct. Anytime you add impervious um, pavement or other type of roofs or any type of impervious uh, things that creates an impervious area, you're creating more stormwater. So the water is not infiltrating. So it's running on the ground and it's going somewhere. Um, so we are looking at two things. We're looking at how th- that that stormwater carries pollutants. And we're trying to we're looking at our ordinance uh, addresses. How are you going to maintain the quality of that stormwater so you're not fl- sending it down uh, a conveyance structure and eventually, as Michelle said. And in Ellsworth's case, it goes into into the um, card the ocean or card broke yeah, and then right. into the ocean. Right, right. And we're looking at making sure that uh, if you have to either retain it uh, or you have to make sure that if you send it uh, down the conveyance structure that it's adequately sized for that. Um, so, correct, there's there's two things. And, and one of the things that we lo- we're looking at, we've been talking about, is Cardbrook. Cardbrook does not uh, meet its water classification. And there's some concern at the state level regarding that. And that's the quality of stormwater. So, there's two things with stormwater. There's quality mm. and there's quantity. People mm. don't necessarily see and feel stormwater unless we have a culvert washout. But um, so that's what we deal at. And we are marrying kind of like our project, if you want, is we've learned a lot from Shalene and Esperanza looking at, oh, we do have to be concerned about, um, you know, we, we knew this, but it's, it's different because the ordinance now only deals with the private property. But I have to be concerned about how it hits the public road or the private road. Plus, we have to look at who makes decisions on the size of that culvert and how many people are going to be impacted if that 
flood. So we can regulate things differently depending if you're in a really rural area versus if you're on a high street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Esperanza, give us this, the background on why is the university kind of um, using this model of sustainability science and how did you get involved? Um, well, <clears throat> I can have Shaleen talk about the Sustainability Solutions Initiative um, much more thoroughly than I can, but um, uh, we began really, I mean, there's a little bit of a history here, uh, for me anyway, and we, we began working um, through focus group discussions and surveys uh, with coastal property owners back in 2008. This is throughout the state? Uh, th- coastal. Coastal, coastal communities, yes, yep. uh, coastwide. And uh, looking at what people believe about a changing climate, you know, what they care about, um, where they get their information, and that type of thing, so that we could look at what kind of resources, um, you know, property owners primarily. But we also were looking uh, somewhat as a secondary audience with municipal officials. And something that we really found was that, you know, the municipal officials are the gatekeepers of, you know, um, of uh, knowledge and uh, planning and all of those issues, all of those those tools really that come into play. And so the coastal property owners were looking to the local and state officials for information. And so that's when um, we started looking at, um, well, Shalene and I met through uh, a process of the um, the Climate Change Institute uh, developing for the governor at the time a great resource, uh, Maine Climate Futures, um, about what, you know, the, the concerns in Maine were currently in all sectors, agriculture, forestry, and, and coastal, um, uh, to name a few. So that's sort of the background, and, and then Ashley and I met through that process, and he can talk about that. So, um, I'll just remind listeners that to oh. tune to Talk of the Towns, and we'll come back to Shalene in just a minute. Okay. Um, we're talking about the role of sustainability science in helping us weather the storms. Uh, in the studio, with, we have Esperanza Stancioff, who's an extension professor. You've just heard from her. Um, and we're about to hear from Shalene Jane, who's an associate professor of civil engineering. We also have Michelle, Michelle Gagnon and Michelle Beale from the city of Ellsworth. Um, so, Shalene, uh, give us this sustainability science science initiative um happy to um i'm i'm privileged and honored to s- serve on a uh, five faculty uh, leadership team for this uh, initiative it's a uh, five year uh, 20 million dollar award from the national science foundation it's it's the largest award of uh, its kind for uh, sustainability solutions uh, research. So in some sense, uh, we are on the forefront uh, of uh, really uh, developing solutions-oriented research. And what we see is that that our work has very quickly emerged uh, uh, and has uh, more than 100 faculty and researchers, over 200 students, uh, 10 institutions of higher education, and more than 150 stakeholder partners at at, uh, state, uh, federal, and, and and community levels. So th- this is a really um, uh, 
uh, broad effort and what you heard from um, Michelle about learning is really uh, central to our ethic and, and going forward that we really there's a two-way um, learning these the problems are sort of co-identified and the solutions are co-produced and one thing from the standpoint of being a, a, a professor is that all of this work has students really uh, integrated and experiencing firsthand emerging problems and and what's uh, for us is especially powerful as we are helping solve salient emerging problems and also producing the next uh, generation of problem solvers. Mm, and we'll help, hope to hear from um, Alex Gray, who's one of your uh, associates, a uh, student, um, in a few minutes. Um, but how did you find each other? Um, how did Ellsworth and, and the Sustainability Solutions and Esperanza, how did you find each other? Esperanza, you want to start? Um, sure. Well, um, we have um, held uh, a number of scoping exercises, if you will, to start this project. And you know, we looked at two different communities and then uh, and had listening sessions with them. And then we uh, had some held some focus group discussions. And one of them was in um, uh, in Belfast. And uh, we had, I think, eight communities, Midcoast and Down East represented. And Michelle Gagnon was uh, was a participant in that and a very uh, wonderful vocal vocally. Uh, you know, about some of the, the really important issues going on. And so we uh, connected with uh, with Michelle and Michelle and uh, others in Ellsworth uh, to develop a more, you know, uh, specific uh, project to sort of test out some of the, um, you know, these uh, co-development uh, type um, process. So as um, we'll start with uh, Michelle Gagnon, wh what were the things that you most wanted to learn in this process? Okay, so so in 2011 um, Michelle Bealey manager said to me, I've got to go back in history okay, it's kind good, of funny. Well, it's funny. Um, so, so she said to me you know, she was asking, why are we doing this? Why are we being more stringent in the state? Why, why, why on the ordinance? I was like, oh boy. So Because you've got to explain all this to your city councilors. I mean, they are practical people. They want to know why is this important. Well, a absolutely. And, and, um, but one of the, the things that we've been striving for as we've been looking at our ordinances is not to do something in our ordinance because of status quo. Okay. If we were going to put some restriction in there, then we needed to know why it was there and to make sure that it was adequate for what we were doing. And that's why I started asking Michelle all these questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So we want to have meaningful regulation. We pride ourselves on not just having something and all of us, you know, why do you have it? And we're like, oh, we don't know because it was there 20 years ago. That's mm -hmm. not that's not going forward. That's not being proactive. So I had all these questions and, and we also had recognized at that point that we were kind of like the whole big discussion 20 years on, on sprawl and on smart growth and whatever you want to call it. One of the things we wanted to do is kind of, of be smart about how we were growing and have some density. One of the things we were experiencing is we had our land was scarred with all these retention and detention ponds that are kind of like they don't look good. It's an issue to maintain. They use land. 
Uh, why are we making him so big? Do we? So it's all these questions were, were coming up, right? And we also were, were concerned about if we ask someone to design at a certain design parameters for a 25-year storm, for example, if that structure fails and you ask them to rebuild at the same design parameters, it did not make much sense. Mm-hmm. So we had all these questions going, plus, you know, is there more rain? And so I started looking. We also looked at the state what they were asking, why they were asking it, why they were regulating, where the holes were, where we needed to do and what we needed to do. So basically, I looked at all this and um, one of the big realizations is we were having a lot more rain than we thought about. And as as uh, Esperanza said, I got this uh, announcement in the mail about this meeting about climate change. They're like, oh, my God, some people really think there's more rain, too. I'm not the only one. And I got in that car and I just drove down. It was like, I'm here. <laughs> it's like, yes. So and that kind of is like it was really that kind of like I was just so happy to meet people that were saying, yeah, there, there is an issue. Mm-hmm. What do we do to really make meaningful regulations? Mm-hmm. And then I think you had, I mean, uh, Shalene had ran after me and said, like, we're doing a project. We'd like to, can we call you? And I was like, yes, <laughs> please do. So it's kind of like, it's kind of funny in some ways because I'm really animated and I was just like, I'm here. I want to talk about this. <laughs> and it, it ended up being, it's, you know, it's, and what's more interesting for me is that um, I feel that this project is going to, I feel that everybody's vested on having things we can put, we, we can apply mm. and implement and not just uh, gather dust. It's great to have academic exercises, but for me, that's not helpful working in the trenches in the municipality. We want things that are meaningful. And even if we only solve a portion of the problems, but as long as the knowledge continues moving forward and we know the issues and we understand what's going on, then we can have more meaningful Mm. uh, solutions. Mm -hmm. So that's for me, that's the whole excitement about this project is working with people that are in these worlds that are interested about the true, uh, real information, scientific information, and really do something that's really cool about it. And hopefully we can be an example, have a great ordinances that other municipalities can say, hey, that's cool. That's not costing a fortune. It is meaningful. And it's accomplishing things that are good for the environment and the economy. Mm. Well, let's let's go to um, Alex Gray, who is a graduate student working on this uh, project. Welcome to Talk of the Towns, Alex. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, uh, tell us about your role um, and, um, and, and, and how you think it's working out in Ellsworth. Uh, well, I, I started working um, on this type of work uh, as, as a graduate student um, back in, in 2009, and I was, uh, you know, brought on to really scratch the surface at, uh, you know, coastal community adaptation to extreme storms. Um, and, uh, you know, over the course of time, uh, we heard from Ellsworth specifically about some of their issues. Um, and so, uh, you know, my role with Ellsworth really is to kind of coordinate some of the research that's being done, uh, the biophysical research that's being done at the University of Maine with the needs of their community um, and learning more about how they interact um, with each other, with uh, the, the state agencies that also play a role in, in covert um, you know, maintenance and, and functionality and trying to link uh, you know, this information with, with the people who need it and um, you know, not, not trying to change uh, the way Ellsworth, you know, makes decisions, but just, um, you know, helping them to calibrate their decisions with information they find more relevant than is currently out there. Can you give us um, a particular example of something that they said, well, can you help us figure this out? Um, is there anything that, that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to take a closer look at, um, 
you know, these extreme rain events specifically in their area, a lot of climate change reports that come out tend to focus on, um, you know, big cities like Boston and, and New York, um, and that really doesn't help a community like, like Ellsworth because some of these, um, you know, climate bans um, are, are different in different areas, and so we're, you know, trying to better understand their exact area. Um, you know, they do have ordinances in place that are based on specific rain amounts, and we're hoping that um, we can learn more about how they determine these ordinances and, you know, their plans for, um, you know, maybe revisiting these ordinances in the future and, and hoping to, um, you know, provide, uh, you know, more relevant information for that. So here's a question that that I don't know the answer to, and that's always dangerous. But did, do you actually, are you helping them measure um, rain, or are you just using um, um, kind of broader broader scientific information? How how are you helping them determine what's happening in Ellsworth? Well, there's, um, you know, several rain gauges throughout the state, and we, we've been, um, our, our postdoc on the uh, on the project, Narajan Dekal, has um really looked at rain gauges that have a long history of measuring daily rainfall amounts. So right now, um, the closest rain gauge to Ellsworth we've found is in um, Karina, and so it has about a 60-year um, daily uh, you know, rainfall um, uh, measurement. And uh, we're trying to take some of that information and uh, calibrating it to a rain gauge that's actually in Ellsworth at the airport to, to even get you know more of uh, a finer resolution as to what what is going on there. Shalene, what would you add to that? Yeah, I think that that's uh, really been our first step to uh, to take um, uh, good quality long records and see what are the changes. More recently, we have taken two steps. One is work with the uh, City of Ellsworth, and they have now uh, sh- shared with us their active um, uh, rain gauge uh, station, and so that g- gives us a way to on an ongoing basis um, monitor rainfall and events and the kinds of intensities that are uh, happening at the town scale, and that's useful because uh, as Alex uh, emphasized that we really want to take local context and tailor our scientific assessments to really match the problems and scales with ordinance, with maintenance, and so on. So that is our ongoing effort, and we expect that we'll start to really um, put out um, more accessible information based on these assessments for planners, for uh, uh, community, and for schools, and so on. Mm. And so where where are you in this particular project? Um, Esperanza, where, um, where, when did you start? When did you imagine being finished? And where are you in the process? Um, when did we start? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, 2011, you said, do you? Uh, maybe two years ago. Two, two years, yeah, yeah. two years. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have a, a, a set end date, but um, I think that, you know, we're, we're looking, we're, you know, planning for this next year, certainly. Um, so that's, that's sort of where we are in the, in the schedule of things. Um, 
I also think that um, Alex, who's who went from master's uh, student on the project to uh, our sustainability research coordinator for the project, are you still on, Alex? Because maybe you yes, could I then yeah. mm-hmm. maybe you could then talk about some other uh, things that we have in the works with with Ellsworth that you've been working closely with them on. Yeah, um, you know, we're really uh, focused on on um, sort of increasing the access to some of the information that we're creating with Ellsworth. And so, um, you know, talking about stormwater and roads, we think that, you know, having, you know, Internet access or, um, you know, GIS access to some of this information will definitely position uh, municipalities to adapt to storms a lot easier because they'll have, um, you know, knowledge of, their assets and maybe when these um, you know, upgrades are taking place. Uh, so we're hoping to, to um, work with traffic information, both from DOT and from City of Ellsworth, to learn about you know, which roads are most important to them, which ones are you know, heavily traveled, which, which roads have um, long roundabout routes if it was closed, which roads have um, you know, hospitals, schools on them, so that we can kind of come up with a priority of um, you know, assessing which roads, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to, to have closed, um, you know, due to things like failing culverts or, or flooding. And Michelle Beal, how does that um, kind of square with your job of managing all of this? Well, it, it, it squares perfectly um, because we have to look at it in two different ways. One, in the, the establishment of our own infrastructure and how we're repairing and maintaining and honestly trying to to lead by example but the other is the development and the economic development and Ellsworth is it is very large and we have our urban core where there's development and then we have the 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 watershed for our water supply which is another issue and having a really good understanding of what is happening to us and and around us helps us come up with the solutions that are actually tailored to the specific areas in the city you know with with economic development um, you don't want to tell a developer well you can't have a parking lot or you can't do this or can't do that what you want to do is to try to work with them and come up with a solution that benefits both parties so you know Looking at low income, low income, low impact development. Um, you know, as far as stormwater using swales and things like that. I mean, so there are solutions, but we need the knowledge of of what it is where we're trying to solve before we can come up with a good solution. And it sounds like um, Alex, you're trying to make this data or information accessible not only to city officials but to private citizens or developers. So they are, they are looking at the same kind of information that um, the city officials are. Right, and you know, part of the challenge is making sure that this information really speaks the same language as people who are going to be looking at it. So, you know, we're working with Ellsworth to make sure that you know our graphs and our figures, um, you know, can be understood by anybody. I, you know, we don't want to confuse anybody, and we want, um, you know, the information to be very clear. And uh, that's that's one of our goals um, is to work with them. To do that and then you know to work with the citizens um to kind of teach them about stormwater um you know I, I the culverts are the type of infrastructure that you don't see you know they pass under roads and you don't you don't notice them until there's a problem and um you know i think ellsworth will benefit from you know maybe citizens being a little more aware about kind of how stormwater works 
Mm. I'll come back to that in just a minute. I want to remind our listeners that they're tuned to Talk of the Towns. We're talking about the role of sustainability science in helping us weather the storms like the one that we're having um, today, a lot of rainfall. And in the studio, we have a, um, a, a folks who are, are working together on this project. Esperanza Stancioff is a colleague of mine, an extension professor with Cooperative Extension and Sea Grant. Uh, Michelle Gagnon is a city planner. Michelle Beal is the city manager of Ellsworth. And Shalene Jane is associate professor of civil engineering and civil and environmental engineering and on the phone alex gray is the sustainability research coordinator uh, for this uh, this project um how about citizens have they um kind of taken an interest in this or or citizens who are um hoping to put in a business uh, who who's interested M- michelle gagnon yeah i think that's um well i think businesses are interested differently and they are more aware of it I think one of the things that we've talked about that we need to do in the next 12 months is definitely do some type of public outreach and, and some, some campaigns, especially for just uh, the residents, people that are not necessarily involved with it. Uh, you know, traffic, when your container, when your road is full, it's full, it's back up, you know it. Okay, <laughs> it's pretty, it's, you know, you come home and you're like all stressed out. The, the, the culvert, I mean, it may be full, it may be overflowing somewhere. It doesn't mean you know what's going on. So stormwater, the water, you know, if it rains, it goes away, it goes out of your mind. You don't necessarily think about it. You just are not as aware of the impacts of stormwater as you are and when the container, that conveyance structure, that culvert is full. You don't necessarily going to live it like when traffic on High Street, on our main thoroughfare, mm. is backed up. So I think that for us to be able to... To, to, to come up with regulations that are going to be accepted and understood, I think it's very important that, that people understand what stormwater is all about, how the impact of the quality, how it can pollute the quality and, and what we're doing about this and, and, and what is it all about. So I think that the public outreach and, and, and some sort of campaign is going to be very important to our ability at the end to pass meaningful ordinances because people need to understand. They want to know why we're doing what we're doing. And I think it's, it's, it's stormwater. Is, we, as when I was hired as a planner, I never thought that I would spend most of my time on stormwater and traffic. Never could have said that. Mm. And those are two major issues that we deal with. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Michelle and the highway crew works and puts a conveyor structure, a culvert, for example, that is sizable. We just don't want to fill it up, you know, within X amount. I mean, it takes time, but we want to be conscious of how much capacity, how we use it, what we do with it, to make sure that over time it all works together. Mm -hmm. So I think stormwater is the public outreach is Mm. key. Michelle Beal? To kind of follow up with that, the lack of knowledge that residents have, we have a couple of areas in the city where over time people have filled in their stormwater swales and or they've taken their lawn out to the road and not left the ditch or the swale there. And in those areas, we have flooding problems. And now they're upset because their road floods or their yard floods, not knowing that they created the problem because they took away the stormwater um, area, you know, the area that dealt with the stormwater. And it's pretty common, to be honest with you. So people don't understand, and a resident doesn't understand until it affects them directly. Mm, mm. Michelle, yeah, go. Just, I, I also want to add what we added, to, to, to continue what Michelle is saying is we also have people that live in subdivision where they have uh, what we call buffers, vegetated buffers, that are there to, we send the stormwater and it just kind of diffuses and it takes care of pollutants. That's another thing that we see. Next thing you know, 
they forget what the deed restriction is all about and they go and mow it, for example, or take care of it. So it's, it's for people need to, to understand, you know, at least have a basic understanding of what, what stormwater is all about. So it's, we don't have a course in high school about homeownership and, and stormwater <laughs> maintenance, right? We, we probably know how the mortgage works. We might know how the mortgage works, but we don't know um, some of those kinds of things. Esperanza, you, you said you did a bunch of focus groups um, early on to find out what um, coastal property owners wanted to know. Um, do you remember some of those things, and how does that relate to some of the, the homeowner kinds of questions that that uh, um, Michelle and Michelle are talking about? Yeah. Uh, well, the the work that we did earlier was really more focused in Southern Maine, uh-huh. uh, sea level rise issues, okay. moving up, moving back for your structures. Um, so we're dealing with very different issues um, in this part of the coast, um, and I think that that just brings the point home also to. You know, it's really city or town by town, right? Very place-based issues that we found uh, in our surveys. Mm-hmm. Although coastal property owners, they they really do care about. Uh, mostly, they care about the property and having it be, um, you know, uh, the way that it, that it it to sustain that that development on that property. Um, in going forward in time. Uh, however, they don't have the information. Yes, yeah, I understand it. Uh, a lot of this is helping people to adapt to changing right. climate conditions right. Right. that end up either flooding a culvert or flooding mm-hmm. someone's property mm-hmm. or sea level rise might be flooding a, a house because um, a combination of tides and storms uh, make that flooding happen. Right. And, I mean, we have developed, uh, Main Sea Grant and Cooperative Extension have developed a, a great website on coastal hazards um, that's available on the Main Sea Grant um, through the Main Sea Grant website. Um, however, I think that what you know what we're talking about here for Ellsworth could be you know a model perhaps for other towns in developing the resources and maybe having you know we're we're also planning a community forum where we can get people together uh, to talk with uh, you know the town officials and and perhaps our team about um, why this is so important to show them. Um, as well as having an ongoing kind of um, information uh, to them in a very various uh, formats. So would you be helping um, them design that public forum and kind of helping with kind of citizen education? Is that part of yes, your Yes, yes. Our team will be doing that with Ellsworth. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's the big team, Ellsworth Plus, the humane team. Yeah. Alex, I'm going to open up our phone lines, but, so I'm going to let you go so we have uh, access to the phone. But anything you'd like to add to that? No, just uh, you know, this whole process has been... Um, you know, really fun. I, you know, part of uh, what what makes uh, community engagement successful successful is just you know learning who you're working with, and it's it's nice to know that um, you know people like Michelle Beal, Michelle Gagnon, um, you know, really take take pride in in their city, and they want it to you know work well, and they want residents to, to love where they live, and um, you know, it's just this has been a really fantastic experience. Well, Alex, thanks, and, and good luck with your work. We'll, we'll uh, um, um, get some information from Esperanza at the end of the show about um, how uh, listeners can learn more. But thanks for being with us um, this morning. Great. Thanks for having me. Alex Gray is the Sustainability Research Coordinator on this project. I'll open up our phone numbers and suggest that you give us a call with your questions, your comments, or your experience um, as we talk about sustainability science helping us weather the storms. Our phone numbers are one 866 
1-866-529-9378 or locally 469-0500. That's 1-866-625-9378. If you've got a question or a comment about science and helping us weather the storms. We're talking about um, a project in Ellsworth uh, to, to help the city with storm water runoff and how to manage that in a, in a better way. one 625 9378 So um, what's ahead uh, for the city of Ellsworth? Where where would you like to see this go? Um, you're saying, Michelle Gagnon, that, that you're, you're kind of crafting ordinances. What's the process that goes forward after, after you've got um, the draft language, for instance. Um, well, actually, I'm, I'm I'm hoping more to have information to help me draft. Okay, you haven't got that <laughs> the far language. yet. Yep, no, yep. we haven't gotten that yep. far. So what we're looking at is um, we 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 did talk about Cardbrook a bit, not attaining its water quality. So we do have five other streams that we have identified that. Uh, if we don't think about them really well, we could end up in a similar situation. So we definitely want to think about that. We want to think about quality around those streams specifically, uh, how much they can take and they cannot take before they are going to be impacted. So we're looking to um, have some information to two things that are very basic. I want to make sure when I ask a developer to design a retention pond or a system on that development, that is going to work mm-hmm. adequately, both in terms of quality and quantity. And it's not, as I said before, going to scar the land um, in a way that we don't want. That's not what we want to do. So, um, so if you use those examples of um, um, kind of the scarred township, yeah. um, those are cookie cutter models based on somebody else's calculations. They're not necessarily based on Ellsworth's calculations. Correct. Is that what you're Correct. saying? Well, we, we, we've, we've done, we have changed our uh-huh. ordinance in the last few years. Uh, to be smarter, we still have some work to do. It's not it's 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 not perfect, um, so that's what we hope. And we also hopeful to do to work with the state and also with highway in the city to. We ask developers to do maintenance and have a maintenance plan. I think it's also fair to us in the state to figure out how do we maintain it, how often, and, and, and kind of like come around the same type of thing. We can't ask developers and not ask ourselves to follow. Right. So we are working all together trying to do this. So, so those best practices. Yes, exactly. What type of culvert do you put where? We've talked about that. Great. Let's take a phone call. Go ahead. Um, give us your first name, if you would, and, and the town you're calling from, and then go ahead with your question or comment, please. Um, hi, this is Beanie from Camden, and I was very excited about what you're doing. Uh, Camden's doing comprehensive plan work now, and I, you know, that's sort of looking into the future. But this is really happening now, and I, I hope that you'll archive this show as, as soon as possible so <laughs> that people in different towns can listen to it, because this water is really expensive. Oh, it is, it is. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your call this morning, Beatty. Bye. Um, for uh, 1-866-625-9378 if you've got a question uh, perhaps from your town's experience um, about stormwater and science how we how we kind of bring these two th- things together um, the, the, the science of, of uh, it's basically it's your field civil engineering it's how to how to make um, engineering work for people that's right yeah, yeah I think we uh, really uh, see that uh, on the one hand the question about um, being in an urban environment. I, I think there's a lot of awareness and, and knowledge around stewardship of natural environment. And when you think of an urban 
environment, that's something that we find that uh, people uh, haven't quite always seen all the pieces that aren't uh, often uh, in front of them. And so the engineering knowledge, the best science in terms of changing rainfall and other patterns are all uh, pieces we are hoping to um, um, bring forward to aid with solutions. And, mm -hmm. and that broadly, I think, is consistent uh, with the uh, sustainability solutions initiatives focus where we are really working hard to uh, engage and involve uh, uh, people and communities to help uh, offer or co-construct these solutions. Mm. And Michelle Beal, uh, tell, tell us about working with your, your uh, highway department and, and what are their kind of questions and reactions that they're kind of bringing into this, this, this process? Well, I have a new public works director that um, really has a, a, a great knowledge. Um, he's worked for the city, oh gosh, 20-some years. And, um, so that history really helps. That he history has helped the, a lot. Town, right? Yeah, he, and he actually has in his head what we're trying to put on paper, um, <laughs> the problem areas. Okay. He knows, you know, pretty much he's got a schedule in his head of these are the areas that we're having problems consistently with, and I, I need to get them in and schedule them to, to work. So, I, you know, there's a lot of... Um, uh, support mm -hmm. with the, from the highway department of making sure that we do these things correctly. I, I, I do have to add that when you're doing culverts, one of the, the issues that we have when you're in certain areas around you know water supplies and things like that, it's not just as easy as putting in a new culvert and us making the decision of what that culvert's going to be. Or you know, there's you, you have the IFNW that wants to make sure that you save the the brown trout. Um, you know, there's there's the DEP, and so there's it's it's not as straightforward as just doing what you want to do. There are a lot of other issues that you have to to think about when you're doing this. So so it's not a strict engineering problem. It's a it's a whole piece. It's a whole environmental piece and, and a, a citizen piece. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and Ron, I just like to add to that that um, you know uh, Michelle Beale really hit on major factor and that is governance issues mm -hmm. um, and there are so many different levels as you point out and so many different schedules at those different levels of the local the state and federal and different regulations um, so there's so much to consider um, in making any decision at the local level it's mm -hmm. very complex and different communities have different structures and schedules governance structures and so forth in their communities that make it a very different um, you know, decision-making process per community. Mm. And um, as as we think about um, the role of science, uh, Michelle Gagnon, you you said that you wanted anything that you kind of create is to be based on something that you can defend. Um, and and one of the ways to do that is science. I suppose the other is is finance, budget kinds of things. Yeah, um, absolutely. We we we. It's, it's very important that one of the things actually one of the things we did just to back up a bit is yes. um, when we looked at in 2011 we looked at what we had on the book we also looked at the cost of doing just quality the treatment before it leaves the site versus just doing quantity and doing both and and really I mean you have to think about doing it right so that again that it it's it's not impacting the, the water 
when because these things, as Michelle Beale said, it goes down a river. It mm-hmm. goes down a stream. It goes down the river. It all it's all related. Um, so we are we we want as good information as possible. Plus, we want to understand. There's tons of technologies out there. The, the catch basins. There's different things you can do. There's shocks. There's this. There's that. So so how much does it cost? How do you maintain it? What's the longevity of it? Is it for us? Is it not for us? So there's a whole bunch of things out there that we are going to hopefully be more knowledgeable by the time this is over and we can understand how best to, to, to do it more economically and more efficiently. Um, our highway, um, uh, uh, the person that's head of highway, I mean, he's got a lot of things to do. We said we have 93 square miles. We have a lot of roads. We have a lot of things to worry about. So mm. it's got to work well mm. into the whole system. Mm. I'll list our phone numbers one more time, one 625 9378 We've got time for one or two short phone calls. Um, perhaps we could turn to um, what's ahead. Um, uh Esperanza, what do you think the messages are for other towns? Um, what, what, what would you want other towns to learn about the process? And maybe there's some details that will come out in terms of what Ellsworth puts in practice. But what's the process like of kind of merging citizen and town concerns with, with the scientific community? Um, well, I guess one of the messages I can send out uh, is to start now. Mm. <laughs> Things are changing, and I think that um, the science supports, you know, over the last 60 years that we, you know, things are changing in May. We're warming. We're having more intense storms and more, and, and, uh, um, and more frequent storms. And I think that, um, you know, understanding what your issues are, what are the vulnerabilities, what are the assets that your community has in place, what needs to be in place. And I think this whole... Um, asset management piece is really critical to towns and I think uh, both Michelle's can speak to that more uh, more clearly but um, that planning can be a valuable tool um, to know exactly where you stand and uh, and and there are resources to, to bear um, working together with citizens and uh, and the municipal officials state agencies and you uh, mean researchers or other you know researchers i think is a is a great melding of um of assets within those uh human assets mm. um so could, i would could ellsworth do this on their own or would they need somebody else to kind of mediate and bring people together what do you think well i think that uh in terms of uh getting some true background information i don't think so i think mm-hmm. we don't, we have to hide we most we always do this if we have an ordinance that's very specific and you need some very specific information we hire people that's in the know before we write an ordinance to understand the issues to understand the impact so i think that's very similar to that the other thing that i want to offer to follow on esperanza is the state is doing some of the stormwater under the stormwater law but there's a gap and there's a, something called background capacity that gets eaten up out of your system because it's not captured by the state of Maine, but it's, it's eating your stormwater capacity. So I think that municipalities need to think about what they want as an end product, how important it is to them, what do they have at stake in terms, at stake in terms of assets to protect. And they have to think about do they need to go further than the state law and if so, then to make sure that they have adequate information mm. to so work the, with. The, what I was thinking, not necessarily about the science, but bringing the parties together right. to be able to solve something. Um, I think that's that's a skill that, right. uh, Esperanza, you probably bring to this um, a little bit, this bringing people together. 
Well, I think that's super important, Ron, and I think also um, educating your citizenry so that they can help in the decision-making process. That's Mm. a critical step, and I think that's something that's, you know, sometimes left out of uh, town planning because it's it takes a lot of effort. Mm. Yeah, I think we we all have um, a notion of planning as being something that you do um, in in the back room somewhere, and you kind of put your brain power to work instead of engaging people. It sounds like you're trying to engage people in this process. Yeah, Yeah, I think Ellsworth is is definitely a a role model here. Mm, Great. So how would you disseminate this information? How would you tell other people about what you're learning in Ellsworth? Um, I suppose there's Maine Municipal Association, you know, they have an annual conference, and I know that their their, uh, highway folks get together for workshops. That's one way. What what are the other ways that you're envisioning letting people know about this? Well, um, and we certainly have two uh, journal articles in uh, in progress about the science as well as the the process. Um, But as far as um, a resource, I would point people to our website, Maine Climate News, um, it has research highlights and um, uh, and other uh, climate highlights in Maine. Um, and for general information on stormwater, I think that you know we're, we're certainly going to be developing uh, those pieces for um, the public and for citizens, um, property owners, and so forth. But uh, I think also um, there are um, there's the Storm Smart website. Maine is going to have their their own Storm Smart uh, website as part of the national storm storm smart uh web um and so i think that's going to be a tool for uh really uh information about stormwater management and uh and just basic stormwater issues in mm-hmm. maine it's not there yet but it's coming soon to mm-hmm. a website near you um and also i think that um you know uh, our coastal hazard mitigation website uh, through main sea grant is a good a good site and people can just contact me if they want more information and should i get my email yeah, address uh, esp at maine.edu and how are you letting citizens and, and stakeholders know in Ellsworth? What's the, you're talking about a workshop coming up, some kind of a public workshop coming up? Workshop. We're going to have some um, some little blasts on our Facebook page about education, about um, stormwater, and then when we get to the actually meat of it, we're going to have as usual whole bunch of uh, outreach mm. for the people. So um, we're at the end of the program, so um, I'm going to have to wrap up. But thank you all for being here and helping um, with this interesting but complex topic. That's great. We've come to that time when I want to remind you that this program was produced with support from Cooperative Extension and the Hancock County Extension Association. With offices in each county, Cooperative Extension is the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine. Our radio collaboration with WERU began in 1990 and continues with your support. Join us from 10 to 11 on the second and fourth Friday mornings of each month for Talk of the Towns. Our theme music is a medley from Coronach on a Balnane House Highland Music recording. Thanks again to our guests here in the studio, Esperanza Stancioff, Extension Professor um, working on climate um, work um, with Cooperative Extension and Sea Grant, Michelle um, Beal, City Manager of Ellsworth, Michelle Gagnon, who is the City Planner for Ellsworth, Shalene Jane, who is Associate Professor of Civil Engineering and Civil and Environmental Engineering, and also with the Climate Change Institute, and um, one of the faculty um, coordinators of the, the SSI. Um, and also thanks to Alex Gray, who is the Sustainability Research Coordinator. Thanks to those of you who listened and called in with your questions and experience. Thanks to our underwriters. Thanks to Amy Brown for 
Engineering our program and stay tuned for On the Wing with Joel Raymond. This is Ron Beard, your host for Talk of the Towns, wishing you a good morning. This hour of community radio is brought to you by the 